At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. All right, welcome to the Author Brand Show. You're going to want to take notes, and if you don't take notes, it's okay. They're below here. Welcome. My name is Doug Crow. I've got a great guest on today, like I always do. He's got an amazing career. He's been in real estate for 25 years, and he's really honed his expertise in commercial real estate, right? So he's got a very impressive track record. He's executed over 600 commercial leases, primarily representing landlords. So he's known for proficiency in negotiating favorable terms, maximizing returns. He's a trusted advisor in the industry. Now, beyond commercial leases, uh, our guest influence extends to apartment acquisitions, which I want to hear a lot about today. Um, he's a key member of Cohesive the Thriving Team for over two decades, and playing a pivotal role in numerous highly successful apartment ventures. And he's known for his astute eye on identifying undervalued properties. That's a good one. Uh, and making, of course, strategic decisions to benefit the investors. Um, he gets results. He's smart. He's sharp. He's got a book coming out. It's already out, actually. We'll talk about that as well. well welcome to the show today, Mr. Michael Mira. Mike, how are you? Hey, Doug. How are you doing today? Very good. So before the uh, show, we had a moment to talk. And boy, I was really um, excited to hear about your, your bold reason why people should listen to us today. And you said commercial real estate brokers are going to hate your book. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, if you're a I, I was a real estate broker. For, don't listen to this. <laughs> I was a commercial real estate broker for a long time. Yeah, and and saw when when you had mentioned the landlord aspect of it. Yeah, um, yeah, structuring profitable deals at leases is great. It's more understanding the mechanics of how leases impact the prop the overall property. Okay, and, we'll come back. We'll come back to more details on that in a minute. Before we do, I want to get into your background because people want to know the the guy here. So, two decades in real estate. Um, how'd you go back in time now? How'd you get it started in that? Um, <clears throat> pretty simple. Uh, my brother in law was a partner with Trammell Crow. Uh, saw me languishing in a paint store in Austin, nice. and after <clears throat> leaning over with a with my nice tie on and dipping it in a gallon of paint and coming up while I was trying to get a customer order together. Oh he just gosh. said, you know, Mike, do you really want to be doing this? And it's like, <laughs> that's, the short answer is no. And so he got me involved with uh, an industrial broker that needed a runner, more or less mm -hmm. like an intern. Yeah. And uh, so I, I moved from Austin to Houston in 88 and never looked back. Wow, that's neat. So Tremble Crow, not my name, it's with no E on Tremble Crow, you know how that's spelled there. Right. Um, so when it comes to um, working on commercial stuff, you also went from commercial and then you got involved with, with residential, with uh, apartments? Or did yes. Or at the same time? Yeah. Afterwards, yeah. The, the, um, we had a, a Canadian investor, just a couple of years older than me, that was a client mm -hmm. that was officing in our property management and office leasing uh, uh, company. We yeah. just had... A, it was mostly just operational folks. And then we had a couple of spare offices. He was in one of them. Okay. And he stopped by one day. We got to be friends. He said, Hey, you want to go do a cigar? And it's like, uh, sure. Yeah. And we went to his backyard, became fast friends. And nice. um, then he just said, Hey, you want to help me with these apartment deals? And it's like, you know, it gave me the opportunity, which I think a lot of brokers at the end of the day want to do. They want to transfer from being, 
strictly just commission based mm-hmm. to more of a principal capacity. Yeah. And and that's what we did. But that's amazing because most people do the, you know, single family homes, four flats, work the way up, maybe a 12 unit building and then go to commercial at the tip of the iceberg. You started commercial and came to apartment building. Yeah, I did. And yeah. uh, Doug, I got murdered on LinkedIn with people calling me and wanting to get involved that um, were, you know, residential folks. And I think your background, I'm not going to go in the weeds too deep on this. Um, When you get to a certain threshold on apartment units, you know, you can get three, four, five hundred houses. That's not going to get you to the next level to qualify for financing to get a an apartment project of any size after about 30 to 50 units um when you go from bank financing to agency financing like fannie mae and stuff like that Uh you need to be able to demonstrate two things experience and about a 10 million dollar net worth for fannie mae to qualify you Mm -hmm. we had a partner come on that had six million in his um account uh, at the lender our lender um and he Want to buy an apartment complex now? Six million free cash sitting there. Not and not a, not an um, intangible asset. This is liquid money. Had. Liquid money. And he said, "I want to put in an offer. I think it was like about an eighty. It was it was it was like I think an eighty-five unit apartment complex yeah. in Corpus Christi." And the lender said, "Nope. Um, you have. I mean, he could have paid cash for it nearly, but he wanted to get a Fannie Mae loan and leverage it." So. Oh. And they said, you can't demonstrate um, that you've had any experience in this. And what's great is that our lender who we've been with for, you know, that part of that trusted team member for over 20 years, he referred us to, um, uh, to, and we bought the project with him because we had the experience and everything. So it worked out pretty good. That is so telling. And I think that's really important for people to understand as you graduate in the real estate world. Yeah. The money's important. The credit's important. But I've talked to a bunch of people in commercials like, yeah, if the guy doesn't have experience in the development or that type of asset class, you know, it doesn't matter because they can still burn through their money. They can still make mistakes, you know? Yeah. And it's a, yeah. it's a very regimented debt uh, yeah. structure that when you do it, you know, you have to have a sinking fund for all these things that, you yeah. know, when you go and get a house and sign a personal guarantee and then you buy a fourplex and stuff like that on, on LinkedIn, I actually had to put a video on there to dissuade what I call fix and flippers. You know, I hope I'm not hurting anyone's feelings out there. Um, That's a good way to make some money, but just don't contact me because they want a level of control. They don't really meet the minimum capital that we need coming in. And really they're a little bit less of a passive investor that we're looking for. And they want a little bit more um, activity and they just don't have the expertise in it. Right. Right. So you guys work on, I'm guessing larger apartment buildings. What's the average um, deal size? It's um, unit size. We're we're kneecapped a little bit because we work in secondary and tertiary markets across Texas. There's some method behind the madness. Mm -hmm. Uh, We only look at class B properties, high C to low Bs. And Mm -hmm. so you're not going to just find an 800 unit class B apartment project in a, you know, secondary market. Um, Most of our stuff runs from about 80 to maybe just shy of 200 units. Okay. Right. So um, just for those people who are not uh, well-versed, um, A class A is like amenities, brand new. It's got a pool, gym, all stuff. 
and D is like, you know, crack houses. And then B and C are the two middle ones. That's like, hey, it's it's okay. It's just, you know, it's not A. And then, of course, C is like, oh, it's just one notch above D. Is that about right explanation? That, that's that's about right. And mm -hmm. A's, um, the one thing you don't want in apartments is you don't want a lot of turnover. Yeah. Um, that costs a lot of money. Yeah. And I mentioned in the book about break-evens and stuff like that. That eats mm -hmm. into it. The um, On the A's, you have these upwardly mobile people and, you know, the stock market goes up or they get a big, you know, you know, partner payout on, on mm -hmm. some business that they're in. Yeah. And they just move on or, or, or right. switch. they're very mobile, lots uh -huh. of turnover cost. And then when you go to C and D, D just forget about the bottom end. That's it's, right. It's horrendous. And, yeah. and C, um, there's something that, and this isn't just theoretical. I lived it. And it was, I, I call it the uh, C-class slide. And it's just that these loans, um, it's, it's funny the way that you're asking these questions, it's kind of boxing in together. The, the loans are very strict, as I mentioned, the Fannie Mae mm -hmm. type loans. And most C properties start having some issues keeping up with deferred maintenance and things along yeah. those lines. So they'll divert money from, you know, the sinking fund for the roof or something along those lines, mm -hmm. they need to make those payments. So they'll put money that they need for turnover cost into those funds. Oh yeah. And I think you see where that's going. Yeah. Then instead of okay. a full paint, you're getting touch up paint instead of, um, you know, replacing the carpet, they're steam cleaning and there's something Doug I never even heard of until I yeah. was involved. And it wasn't a small class C property it's yeah. 143 units. Right. Back in 04, I believe, uh -huh. um, dyeing the carpet. It's like you're kind of going in there and spray painting it. And it's like, my gosh, well, what kind of tenants do you think you're going to get? You're yeah. going to get uh, you know, a couple of truckloads of D tenants that say, hey, that C property's fancy. Let's move 12 people in a two-bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. And your tenant base just starts going down. And that's the slide that I talk about. Yeah, I had a, uh, a B minus, C plus 20-pointed uh, building years ago. And I'll never forget this. It was maybe, I don't know, 30 plus years old. And one of the tenants was like so OCD. I was looking, inspecting his place one day. It was like it was brand new, like it had just been built. And he had his stuff in his freezer alphabetically organized, right? Oh my God. I'm like, it was like he's a perfect tenant. He'd been there for 30 years, always paid his rent on time, never wanted. I'm like, hey man, if you want to help buy a house, I can help you out. I go, oh no, I like renting. Okay, fine. I yeah, looked at the carpet. Yeah. The, the C properties are hilarious what the folks will put yeah. up with. Yeah. It's not the type of place that I want to deliver. But I remember looking at a property down by uh, in, in kind of near the coast in, in Texas. Yeah. And um, this guy said, yeah, you can look at my unit. He goes, hey, if y'all end up buying this, can you help me with my uh, roof? I've got an issue and the, and the landlord won't help me. And it's like, OK, Doug, I'm not exaggerating. I'm 5'8", not a tall guy. This yeah. guy was maybe six feet tall. Okay. I walked into his kitchen and he had a hole probably close to two feet across with the sheetrock caved in. Yeah. He had to bend over to open his refrigerator. He goes, y'all think that y'all could. And it's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, he and he's and he's putting up with it, you know. Yeah. So that's crazy. These people had the original carpet from like whatever it was, the 70s in this in this place. And I'm like, I, I had bought the building, you know, a year prior. And I'm like, you've been there for 27 years and never placed. No, because I think I can replace your carpet for you. Exactly. 
You're going to raise the rent? Yeah, 10 bucks. Is that okay? Yeah, sure. (laughs) It was crazy. So, but you're working on bigger, bigger deals. And a lot of people don't have the ability to go and buy a, a 80 unit project. So I understand that you guys sometimes do either like syndications or you do think we're pooling some investor money or what? Yeah, um, we, we, we reach out, we have a core base. Uh, we started as a friends and family operation yeah. mm-hmm. and this goes back. You can, you know, I'm not going to promote my website right here. You go to my website, it's fairly static and, and talks about different deals. Mm-hmm. And you look at how we were structuring these back in 04, 05, yeah. uh, one of an earlier deal that we did we were trying to raise six hundred thousand uh, dollars mm-hmm. for a 120 unit property. Huh. We weren't quite putting as heavy down as we do now. Yeah. And um, what the game plan was was to get six investors of yeah. about a hundred thousand apiece, sure. and that's just to keep the pool um, smaller. And the friends and family thing that I think people end up appreciating if they end up being interested in what we're doing is that we still run it that way today. We keep the partner pool small. We keep the minimums high. We don't have a choice. Um, We keep the minimums high, but then it's, you say it's a passive investment, but it's not. You you put 200 in one of my deals and you you know, you get three years down the road, you're getting your monthly distributions. Mm -hmm. Hey Doug, Mike. Yeah, hey, how you doing? We're thinking about refinancing. What do you think? Wow. Let's pull some cash out tax-free. That sounds great. Man. Or you say no. Yeah. And what we do is that we look at, you know, if, if it's, you know, hundred percent consensus one way or the other, um, we act on it. Um, but we don't just force place the deal. We don't just say, Oh yeah. Hey, here's your money. And believe it or not, some investors don't want all this tax free. It's tax free. It's money that comes to them till the property sold. They don't want refinancing proceeds, Um, but some do. And so we're able to pull the people. Hey, we're thinking about selling. What do you think? And and then at that point, it's like, well, I want to do a 1031. Well, I don't. And then, you know, we try to do something. And and we had one deal um, a year ago um, last month where we sold out of two properties and everybody came into what we consider a pretty good sized project. Yeah. We had a hundred percent of the money equity raised and we were putting 40% down on a $16 wow. million property. Wow. And we had a hundred percent of the proceeds coming in from our partners, all yeah. from profits, 1031. Wow. And let to explain to people who don't know what a 1031 exchange is. Um, it's basically, if you, the easiest way to do is when you go to, um, sell a a commercial piece of property that you can do an election and trade into a similar type property. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then if you meet certain debt requirements and things along those lines, you roll it over, there's no taxes paid. They're actually deferred. It's not like it's tax free, it's tax deferred. And then at some point you're going to sell the property. And you might have two or three rollovers and then you, you pay it all then, but it's, it's, you know, accumulated tax free during that yeah. period of time. It's important if you're doing this for the long term, which I recommend, I'm sure you do too. You know, you don't want to, uh, like, you know, you can fix and flip, like you said, but the long term is where the real wealth is created. And I remember, you know, one of my, like the 24 building when it's nine years later, it had more than doubled in value. And when I went to sell it, I talked to my accountant and goes, Ooh, you got a pretty big tax build if when you yeah. go like cash. So like, oh, let's do a ten thirty one. So understand, folks. You put you you can still sell and take the cash. 
you put it into an escrow account for was it what's a day the time period 45 days or less it's there's there's qualifications beforehand and we actually yeah. use 1031 intermediaries so yes, we yeah, call it, yeah. we keep everything above, you know taken care of you have 180 days from a certain period of time to to identify properties roll yeah. into it and you know maybe you can roll part of it in and right. um and then you pay tax right then on a smaller portion right right so you go to a third party they hold the money you put it in another property so even though you sold it you're actually trading the equity for a new one you, it's right. a, a exactly. yeah yeah good good it's a good thing to do if you're when you play this game which i recommend people do um what about the downside what's some of the um what's some of the reasons people don't invest in real estate or specifically apartment buildings nowadays um well the apartments are are somewhat popular mm -hmm. it's just hard to get involved in it yeah. um the the most popular out there investments are office and retail yeah. um and so you know people want to get into those and you know you have this big trophy you know building or a small medical building or something like that yeah. and um the you know the office and the retail um, we avoid those. We get sent, you know, commercial brokers, you know, we're on everyone's mailing list. We get yeah. that stuff and it just goes to the junk pile. Um, and so it's really, I think part of it, um, and this is from just my own experience, Doug, when, when we had a group that I mentioned, it's the last story I think I told in the book about mm -hmm. two investors that were out of California that were kind of sort of interested in getting yeah. involved um his one of the replies to me is he goes man i'm so glad we found you guys yeah. and it's like it, it, it it's it's you know to go out and find a sponsor um to that's doing these deals and taking in new partners mm -hmm. um it seems to, to be a little bit hard to find um which i thought was odd i know your mouth's open but geez nope. i spent plenty of time actively in it and then later in life passively looking for things and uh, we've we talked about this before but like the class a stuff is funny because oh look at that gorgeous complex yeah with like a one percent cap rate yeah <laughs> i don't know I, what it's you know that that's one of the things that makes it real tough and, and it's a yeah. challenge right now in the market right. is that sellers are still thinking um you know three or four maybe even five interest rate hikes ago yeah. And they're sitting back with their catcher's mid on saying, Hey, bring, bring, bring on all these offers. They ain't coming. Um, and they're thinking that they're going to get their property bid up. Yeah. Those days aren't happening either. And with us, uh, we put pretty heavy down 35 to 40% down. Yeah. Um, and, and that keeps the, that keeps the investment a lot more stable. And, um, I had a partner call in mm -hmm. one time that I was talking to, and I don't have any idea why he called me because um, the first words out of his mouth, he goes, you know, it wasn't a whisper, but it was nearly a conspiratorial whisper said, yeah. you know, listen, you know, just deal with me. My, there's no way my wife wants to get into commercial real estate again. And I said, again, what happened? And he said, I'm in Phoenix. Yeah. And um, we had, I think he had three or four pretty good sized properties. I think they were mostly retail centers. Yeah. And, um, and I said, what happened? He was, man, they were, it was going along great until 2008. Yeah. And I said, let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you own those properties today, this is about a year and a half ago. Yeah. 
how would things be different? He goes, are you kidding me? I would be rich. It would be great. And I said, so you had it, you had the deal. You had, it seems like you had it right. What'd yeah. you put down like 30, 40% down? He goes, are you kidding me? No, I put 15% down. Yeah. And I said, you had the right idea, the wrong capital structure. And, right. and I get that a lot. Our cash on cash, you know, you give me a hundred bucks, I give you 10 bucks back a year. That's a 10% you know, yeah. cash, cash return. Right. Ours are not that sexy, but we're playing the long run, like you said, you know. Right. It, it, Plus you get it, tax it, benefits as well, not just the cash on cash. There's other yeah, benefits sure. to it, right? Yeah. 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 That's, um, that's very, it's very, very telling, you know, the, the real estate. I mean, I know we talk about the, a little bit about the flippers and that's fine. You can make some cash there, but wealth, wealth comes from time, time and sure. you know, that's what, that's the biggest thing there. So if someone's going to, you know, if, if they got the means to do this uh, and it's okay to plug your website, Mike, you're allowed to put it on here. It's, we're all about promotion here. So um, before we get to, you know, how to contact you and talk about your book a little bit, what are some key things if a person doesn't have a hundred grand, let's say they Hey, I'm going to start on my own. What would you recommend to a person? Like, you know, three key things they should do to get started investing in apartment sure. buildings or real estate in general. Um, the just, I guess, May of 2022, mm -hmm. um, we have the, 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 the $600,000 I told you we raised yeah. back in mm -hmm. 05, um, that didn't come from six, partners. It came from two partners oh, okay. and they've been in our last 16 deals. Wow. Okay. Right. Um, and they just sold that one in 05 at the beginning, beginning of 2022. Mm -hmm. So they held it. We don't normally hold things that long. Yeah, it's time, yeah. Um, and so when I have, when we're, when we come together, we get the, um, we get the package together that we send out to the um, folks. It's mm -hmm. a PDF. It's real easy to read. Um, you know, people just want to know, you know, IRRs, reverse, right. leveraged IRR. They don't cash on cash holding period. What do you think it's going to sell for? And, and so we just put the yeah. cookies on the bottom shelf for them and that's how it's promoted. Yeah. Uh, and so when they see those, if, if, if it's, if we're raising $4 million, we might have a couple of our partners that have taken down three, uh, three of the four million. And if that's mm -hmm. the case, we're going to relax the minimums on sure. the front side. Now, okay. we can't go super low, but let's say that we're looking for a minimum of one fifty to two hundred thousand dollars. Okay, mm -hmm. um, if someone has eighty five or ninety thousand, I'll probably try to work them in, bring them in mm -hmm. after a pretty extensive interview to make sure it's yeah. the right thing for them. Of course, right. the whole yeah. know your customer deal. Yeah. But if you're not going to do that, um, something that doesn't make me a dime is if you really want to get involved and exposed to commercial real estate, mm -hmm. uh, just go buy a publicly traded REIT. Um, you know, explain to people what the, the, what the REIT is too. I know, but they, need um, it's a real estate investment trust. They mm -hmm. typically specialize in a specific, um, segment, you yeah. know, apartments, retail only, uh, wine garden is a, a company out of Houston. They only do shopping centers yeah. and, um, then there's office ones. They, they usually just are in one category. Okay. Yeah. And, um, by law they have to pay out, I think it's like 90% of their, uh, income okay. as dividends. Yeah. And so 
those are very liquid. It's like buying Apple stock. You don't like right. what they mm -hmm. said on the announcement today. You sell it and you're out. Yeah. Uh, that that's that's one way. If you're close to our minimum, yeah, I'll work with you on the yeah. first deal. Yeah. Uh, and then one thing I'll tell you to avoid is crowdfunding. And yeah. uh, they that's have it for real estate. They have it for commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to name any names or anything like that. Okay. Uh, company names, that is. Yeah. Uh, if you go and look at a couple of commercial real estate, uh, you know, crowdfunding websites. Mm -hmm. Wow. They, I mean, there's tons and wide variants of different product types yeah. and everything like that. What a lot of people don't know about crowdfunding is how it works and they attract, they're attracted by the very low minimums. Yeah. Uh, you can get in for a thousand bucks. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. on the REIT, you can buy a thousand dollars and if you don't like it, you sell it. Yeah. You get into a crowdfunding deal. Yeah. You're in it till the principal, uh, yeah. once and he doesn't call, you know, and, and check to see if you want to buy or sell yeah. you're in yeah. and you go down the road yeah. and, um, it's, it's something that, uh, you, they, they, it, it acts as a clearing house or a middleman middleman. You have all these sponsors or investors mm -hmm. like my partner and I yeah. come to the table and say, Hey, we want you to go find us, you know, $10 million. And then they go out and they submit it and they'll vet us a little bit. They'll vet the deal a little bit, but they're looking at, you know, unanchored retail centers in Boise. They're looking at, you know, a three story building that has one story with smoke damage in Miami. Yeah. I mean, and then these different people are buying it. And just recently um, there was a, a pretty well-known case. I don't mind mentioning the sponsor name, yeah. uh, Nightingale. Um, they raised $50 million on a site. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. and that is a enormous, in my opinion, an enormous yeah. deal. That's the down payment cash. That might be, you know, 150, $180 million total deal. Yeah. Uh, and they got $50 million from 700 investors filed bankruptcy. Not the property didn't work. But the they got the check. They deposited the check. Fifty million seven hundred investors and went bankrupt. So the the company went bankrupt. What do they have any equitable interest in the property? These investors or not? They bought they bought into the they they company. they, 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 they sent them. They, they never purchased. To, let me back up uh, yeah. to 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 make sure. Yeah, I don't know if they ever closed the okay. deal or not. I just know that right after getting the money it folded and they're just trying to get liquidated damages back right now you know which will be unfortunately pennies on the dollar yeah and, you know an, another one you think the the it's a double-edged sword doug you get you get the folks that say man this is great i can just i can put a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars down and get in this deal you know there was another deal that closed about two years ago um i think it was an office building Four. $15 million was raised between 400 investors, partners. Okay. And um, that's a very small, you know, amount per investor. Sure. The yeah. issue is, is that, okay, so you have a question about your property. What do you do? Well, here's a dashboard that you can go on and just look on your computer. Mm -hmm. Here is an email that will promise to get back to you in seven to 10 days. 
or here's a bunch of frequently asked questions. Right. But, you know, we get a DLN friends and family format. You got yeah. my email, you got my cell phone, you got my yep. operational partners, email and cell phone. You got a question, you call us. Yeah. I do. I do think that's very rare nowadays. Mike, we talked about that before. It's like all the, you know, dashboard, internet, customer service, seven to 10 days, you know, pick up the phone and call Mike, you know, say, Hey, what's going on? Oh, I'll tell you, you know, and you can, that's real. It, it's, um, it, school, you right? know, it, it, it's something that I think is, it's very inefficient. Yeah. But when I send, when someone goes on our partner list, yeah. uh, I tell them, give me very specific criteria that you're looking for, mm -hmm. because I'm not going to bug you. And that's been a huge part of my success back from 88. When right. someone's told me, call me in six months, I call them in six months. Yep. Most brokers just call nonstop, hoping to get the business. Yeah. And um, I, when I send them something or they'll email me and say, you haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah. Well, you said your minimum cash on cash was 10% and that you wanted something that was 100% apartments, not mixed use. Right. And um, I think uh, one of our partners saw an announcement, prospective partners, I should say, we bought a, a three building um, property in Treeport. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a historical type property nice. and it has some um, street level retail okay. and some second floor office. So it wasn't pure apartment. Yeah, mixed use, yeah. So I didn't send it to him. It met his investment criteria, but he said right. 100% apartments. Yeah. And and so I don't say that like saying, so, you know, shame on him. It, yeah. It's just like, I listen to what people say and it's yeah. not going to be like, okay, so this is what you're looking for. Okay, here's a five-story office building. You want in, I said just apartments. Okay, well, here's some raw land. You want that? You know, just <laughs> anything. It, people respect yeah. that when you just get back with them with what you want. Uh, I love that. I love that. So the, the book that you've uh, come out with as a bestseller is called Fearless Apart Apartment Investing. Yes. Yes. And it helps anybody, especially if they have, you know, if they have something going on, of course, they can invest with you. But even if they don't, they can learn a lot about this world of apartment investing. And the Amazon link on your website is below here. People can click on that. So they can, any other parting words of wisdom before we close out today? No, the, I think the, the, the book, as far as who it was written for mm -hmm. is um, prospective uh, investors. Right. And if you're just getting started, uh, if you've been in a few deals mm -hmm. and um, the, you know, I, I try to be pretty even handed with some of the things. Yeah. And there's a part that, um, that I see a lot of investors come to me and they're already in. Yeah. If you invest and I, I'm looking you in the camera, I'm telling you this, if you invest, in triple net, single tenant, freestanding buildings. Okay. Yeah. You, you splurge the buck and get my book. I mean, it's it's free on here, but I'm just saying, do yeah, that. because it's there's going to be things that I will guarantee you you do not know that that, that will make your hair curl. Yeah, I um I I totally agree with that. I I I I read about it before I met you. I'm like, why would I have put all my eggs with one other? tenant who may or may not be in business five years from now on a triple net. It's like, uh, it's scary to me. I like it. it no. It's great, but it, it, it's, it, it's going to close the circle as, yeah. as we come to a close, Doug. Yeah. So the, why do commercial real estate brokers hate it? Those are proposed as coupon yeah. clipping investments. Basically you buy it and you just get the check sent to you or auto deposit it to your bank account. Yeah. Um, 
but it's not always like that. And I represented a company statewide for mm -hmm. a number of years, and I saw what goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. And, and this wasn't a small, I mean, Fortune 500, you know, it's a big yeah. company. And yeah. this, the way that they handled some of their properties that were, they, they'd be investors like me and you. Yeah. Wow. It, 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 it's, it's a, if you own it or thinking about it, don't listen to what your broker's saying that these are just, right. you know, coupon clipping and kick back and, and put your feet on the desk. It's, it's not, yeah. it can Obviously. be, but it's, yeah. It, be yeah. Aware well, I've, I've, you know, as you know, I've done houses, apartment buildings and one office building and I, you know, have multiple tenants in there. So I, I know enough to be dangerous, but I really loved uh, looking at your book. And I think people should, no matter what you're doing, it's a great one. It's a fast read. Highly recommend it. Link is below here. Apart Fearless Apartment Investing by Mike Amir. Mike, thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. You bet. All right. Take and care. that wraps up another uh, episode of the Author Brand Show. You're going to want to take notes. If you didn't, they're right below there. Thank you very much and have a great day.